Okay, our next presenter here is Matt Fernley, who has been on Rockstock Channel a few times, uh, very recently um, as well, uh, about the lithium price. But he's published a lot of great articles over uh, the last number of quarters. And one which caught our attention, which is going to be the focus of this presentation, is how to value hard rock lithium assets. And that's very appropriate given that 80% of this conference are hard rock lithium assets. So with that, Matt, why don't you uh, go through your article and, and your thought process for that? Sure. Uh, thanks, Howard. So this is this is a, a part of a larger piece, which is available on our website, which is called How to Invest in Hard Rock Lithium. And it's designed for uh, investors really of all levels to to understand how to look at these companies, how to understand how these companies trade around, but more importantly, from this point of view, how to actually value these companies. And I guess, you know, you've got to look at the stage of the of the company that you're looking at. So, you know, is it an exploration company? Is it a development company? Or is it a production company? And that's going to define how much of the way in the in the way of data is going to be available for the company. So for you know, a pure exploration company, you'll, you'll find that there's only very, very little data available, often just resource data, measured, indicated or inferred resources and grades. But for a, a later stage project where there's a scoping study or a PEA or a feasibility study, obviously there's enough information there to build a model. And then once you've got a production asset, then you can start thinking about earnings-based multiple techniques. So, you know, if we start very early on in the in a company's life cycle at an exploration stage normally one of the ways that we value a company is is just to look at the ev contained resource ton in lithium terms and you basically get that by uh, multiplying the resource the total resource tonnage with grade and then dividing that into the enterprise value or the even the market capitalization um, and then you can compare that across the sector. So, you know, companies in different regions will have different valuations. Companies at different stages of their de development profile will have different valuations. Companies with different grades will have different valuations. And you're you're looking to compare, you know, the, the company that you're looking at with the rest of the sector to decide whether it looks cheap or expensive compared to the rest of the sector. So that's that's the first sort of valuation technique. And the second valuation technique is to actually build a DCF for, for a project to actually value it. And obviously, you can only do that once the company has released enough information. So it's got to have at least a scoping study in play um, and, and preferably a, a pre-feasibility study. And there's a number of things just to be aware of when you're, when you're looking at valuing companies in this way, uh, investors particularly in the hard rock lithium space, need to look at some of the sort of key factors with regards to hard rock lithium, particularly around recovery. Uh, one of the things that we found from, uh, unfortunately, experience is that uh, companies will often target a recovery level in their feasibility study, which ends up not being viable actually in practice. Um, so the the recovery, the actual amount of lithium that they can get out of the asset is something as an analyst that you've got to be very, very wary of. Uh, and I always go in a couple of percentage points below what the company states uh, as the recovery is likely to be in the feasibility study. So that's something to be aware of. Uh, operating costs and capital costs. Uh, operating costs 
are uh, relative uh, relevant to the recovery. So rather the recovery is relevant to operating costs. And again, you know, experience has taught that most companies are a little bit too optimistic in terms of uh, what sort of operating costs that they can return uh, across the project. So I always uh, bump up operating costs a little bit. And I also bump up capital costs as well. And again, uh, experience is very much taught that management teams aren't great at estimating uh, what capital costs are going to be. So I always put an additional contingency factor on beyond the management's contingency factor. So that's just to, to some of the things to be aware of. And then the other thing when you're building a DCF, again, the ramp up. Uh, generally, we find that the, the ramp up takes longer than the management team expect it to. Um, coming up to, to spec is a real issue in the lithium space because of the required purity of the product. Um, so it generally takes much longer to ramp up um, than companies expect. And that has an impact in terms of the working capital re requirement, because often you'll have, you know, three, six months, 12 months for the ramp up and a company may be running at, at full capacity, but it may not be producing revenue. And that obviously means that you've, you, you have a, a strong need for working capital. So just make sure you add a working capital requirement onto your CapEx uh, when you're doing a DCF. And then the final aspect that's really important is the discount rate, uh, and particularly in this current environment where interest rates are rising. So the cost of equity is rising and the cost of debt is rising. It's very important, particularly with companies in emerging markets, that you factor in a, a relevant discount rate uh, and not just go with a sort of six or 7% discount rate, because unfortunately the world is changing. So, you know, th those are the key sort of uh, aspects that you should look at when you're valuing these stocks. Okay, great. On In Canada Rocks, we have uh, an assortment of uh, those three types here. You have actually the agenda is in order of at least at the beginning, um, you know, expected production. So we have Scion and Piedmont, which are, you know, just now commissioning and, you know, live and, and critical elements are, are both permitted um, and, and on their way to final investment decision, all chem, you know, somewhere in between. And then you have a number of exploration stories like Patriot, Winsome, Idaho, um, you know, green technology metals and Midex. Uh, you also have some developers in, in Ontario, critical resources and frontier lithium. But there's a wide range of valuations, you know, among them. Uh, on the very high end, Patriot is now like 1.5 billion market cap Australian, and they haven't even published a resource. Um, you know, Winsome, you know, is 250, 300 million dollars. You know, whereas you have critical elements. Um, you know, which is permitted, uh, I don't know, they're like 500 million market value. So what, you know, something that's, and then even Piedmont, you know, and, and Sayana, you could start thinking about valuing them on an EBITDA, EBITDA basis because the cash flow is so imminent. But so, so how do you think about, you know, that there's a, a wide disparity of the companies, you know, at this conference uh, and what accounts for, for that? Well, I, th I think, one of the most important things that you've got to look at is grade. So, you, you know, uh, generally what we find is companies with lower grade um, deposits tend to get slightly lower valuations. Um, so I think that's one of the things to look at. I mean, one of the issues with the exploration stocks, again, you've got to look at the, the sort of mining company life cycle. Um, and I, I don't have a picture of it here, but, but generally exploration stocks trade up 
very high. And then obviously they transition into the development stage and they sort of derate a little bit uh, and then re-rate towards production. Um, so, so often you get expiration stocks pushing up very high. And then as they shift more towards the development stage and there's less news flow coming out and it's more spaced out, they tend to derate a bit. Obviously, um, the situation with, uh, you know, stock like Patriot, which has been uh, releasing results of such high grade um you know i i I haven't in the in the period that i've been looking at lithium five six seven years ever seen drill results of of that grade before and obviously the market is struggling with how to value that stock we obviously don't know what the maiden resource is going to be um and we don't know what the final resource is going to be but the the market is looking at the size of the drill intercepts the depth of the drill intercepts and the quality of the drill intercepts and is is obviously applying uh, a view as to you know the the quality of that deposit and we don't really know whether the market's view is right until we see what the maiden resource is going to be and and get an idea for what the you know potentially the the total resource could be in 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 some markets, uh, particularly on the ASX, companies will will sort of release an expiration target, um, and it, it gives you an idea for what you know management's thinking is on the the total size of the resource. But it's certainly less pre- prevalent in in North American um, stocks. Okay, and you said that, uh, and we have this like Pierre Lassonde curve, which shows you know expiration. And then going into production, that's where the stocks perform. Uh, so Sion and Piedmont going into production are on the tail end of that. Uh, a lot of the developers are in that middle period. But when does it transition from exploration to development? Is it on the announcement of a maiden resource? Is it you know a scoping study? At what point, like if you're speculating yeah. on exploration, when does that peter out and then go into that but, dead zone? There's no hard and fast rule. But it's generally, in in my experience, it's generally associated with a drop in news flow. When a when a company is exploring, they are releasing drill results very regularly, um, and then as they move towards development and they're focusing on sort of feasibility work, they tend to drop away the the volume of drill results. And you know, as a, as a company moves into development, it's looking at things like sort of metallurgical test work and and things like that but those sort of that sort of news flow comes less often so but there's, there's also often that, that um that that's the sort of window in which reality hits and actual cost versus feasibility start to uh come into uh into focus yeah yeah and, and i mean you know when when a company sort of scoping studies are a little bit less so but once you get the pre-feasibility study and you start thinking actually or well, you know this is this is going to cost you know four or five hundred million or whatever and these are what the operating costs are going to be and you think oh, okay well um you know maybe that's a little bit more than i thought or maybe in in a, in a few cases that's a bit lesser than i thought so that's a great result or whatever but certainly yeah um hard reality starts to come in stocks exciting stocks and exploration phases that are coming out with high grades long intercepts etc you know they can overshoot you know, on on speculative uh, enthusiasm, and then you're saying reality sets in, news flow, you know, slows. It doesn't mean it's not a great asset, but it, it's important. Um, 
just to be mindful exactly of, yeah. of, of where they yeah. are because you can you, you know you can get over exuberant and uh you know if I you want I mean, the other thing i've noticed matt is uh sometimes great drill results but when they actually delineate what a pit's going to look like sometimes that gets left behind some of it doesn't actually make it to the pit so it's not as yeah and I, I mean that's why you know the studies are, are very very important and you know as a geologist i'm always looking at cross sections i always look at the cross sections in the drill results they're very very important for understanding you know what's what's where matt thank you very much for that great initial you know tutorial i'd encourage all viewers to go to your website and read that report and uh you know, maybe we'll have a follow-up and go more in depth uh, in a future video. But thanks again, Matt, and uh, look forward to your next uh, conversation uh, later in our Canada Rocks conference.